Today's daf is Samach Beis. We're holding back on Samach Aleph Amid Aleph at the Mishnah towards the bottom of the Amid. Okay, this Mishnah now opens up a whole new uh, chapter in, in and, and this is something we've come across a number of times in the laws of stipulation. This has many implications to making stipulations by all kinds of transactions. <coughs> Rav Meir learns from a parsha in the Torah, was called the parsha of the Bnei God, Bnei Ruvain, and the Chatsi Shevet Menashe. You had two and a half tribes that after the conquest of the land on Avra Yarden, on the uh, was it the west bank of the of uh, of the Jordan, they conquered the lands of Sichon and Og and uh, the Amorite kings, and the land was 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 uh, was very rich. Uh, cultivate, uh, cult, culture, whatever, land that could be cultivated. So therefore, they, and they had lots of flocks and cattle and sheep. So they made a proposal that let us give up our share of the land in our one twelfth of the land of, er- of Eretz Canaan. And this is anyway going to be annexed to Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, let us we take on Avra Yarden. We'll get exclusively the land of Gilad. That's the land of Sichon and Og. And we will take that in, 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 in exchange for the land of, uh, of, of, of Eretz Yisrael. Now, Mo, Moshe Rabbeinu got upset. Because what? You're, you're not going... Your brothers helped you conquer this land. You're not going to help... In the conquest of, uh, so they made a deal. This is a stipulation. If you cross over enthusiastically, halutzim, which was enthusiasm, and you help in the conquest of Eretz Canaan, then you can keep exclusively, you can keep this land. Okay? Now, the Chorah, Says Rav Meir, the Torah should have just stopped there. We should have said meaning like this. And what would you say? And if you don't, you then you can't. So why do you have to speak it out? Yet Moshe Rabbeinu can say, and if you don't cross over, then you're just inherit equally with your brothers. Inherits Canaan. That's what he said. And if you don't, you'll get you'll get you'll just get equal inheritance. You will not get this land exclusively. Says Rav Meir, from here you see that any time a stipulation, a condition is made, you have to show both sides of the stipulation. That's what's called a Tznai Kofel. If you don't show a Tznai Kofel, then what happens is the stipulation falls away and the action stays. Which would mean, in our case, says Rav Meir, that if Moshe Rabbeinu did not say that this land is yours... If you cross over. But he may never said the second part of it. And if you don't cross over, then you're only going to inherit with everyone else. You don't get this land exclusively. What would you have said, says Rav, what, what would have come out? What would the din have been if he never said the second half? They would have got the land in Gilad anyway. Because they would have got it. The stipulation would have fallen off. You, you didn't say, and if you don't go over, since you didn't say you don't go over, so whether you go over or not, they would have ended up with the land of Gilad. To stop that from happening, Moshe Rabbeinu had to make it a tonight Kofel to say, and if you don't go over, you're not going to get the land of Gilad exclusively. So that's Rav Meir's shit. You have to have Tanai Kofel. There's two other, two or three other halachas we learn from here as well. Rashi brings down. You also have to have the Tanai Kodam Lamaisa. The stipulation has to be before the event. That means if you cross over, then you get the land. Not if you get the land, then the stipulation. You have to say Tanai Kodam Lamaisa. And you also have to say the Lav Kodam Lahain. You have to mention the positive part of it First. before I'm sorry the hain not the the hain the positive part of it before the negative. 
That's how much. So those are the two other halachas. But on the first part of it, where you need a Tanai Kopfel or not, we're going to see it's a Machlokas. Rechanina ben Gamliel disagrees with Rav Meir. He says that you have a concept, Michlal, hey, not love. From the positive, you can infer the negative. You don't have to speak it out. The only reason the Torah speaks it out is when what you would have inferred would have been different than what is spoken out. According to him, Moshe Rabbeinu had to speak it out because if you never spoke it out, you would have come out with a different... Uh, a conclusion, but not because it has to be spoken out, otherwise the condition is bottled. No, the condition doesn't need to be doubled. It's because only when it's something, the, the inference would have been different than what you're trying to accomplish, does it have to be so. According to Big Machlokas, according to Mayor, if there's no Tanai Kofel, the Tanai is bottle and Mice is Kayan. You don't need a Tanai Kofel. You can infer it. The only time you need to have the second part of the statement is if the inference would have been something different. We're going to see now what that would have been. So let's see it inside. So Rav Meir Omer, if a Tznai doesn't follow the uh, parameters as, as set forth in the condition, the stipulation of Negad of Neiruvain, that Tznai will be bottled, that Tznai will not be binding. Shenemar, where do we see? Because Moshe Rabbeinu said to them, Vayomer Aleihem, Im Yavru Negad of Neiruvain, if they got in Rebne Ruvain cross over uh, Itchem with you as a Yarden, the Jordan, Kol Chalutz, Lenuchamed, enthusiastic each person to go out in war then and conquer the land with you, then the land of Gilad will given, be given to you. That's the positive. The Ksiv, and then, then he says the negative. The Im Lo Yavru Chalutz, and if they don't cross over with you enthusiastically, and they don't cross over at all, so then, then the Din will be, then they won't get Get it? They'll just they'll just share with their brothers equally in Eretz Canaan. So Lachora, why do you have to make that second half the statement? Must be because the first half would not be binding without the second half. That's Rav Meir's opinion. Comes along Rabbi Chanimah Gamliel Omer. He says, No, what are you talking about? If you never said the second half of the statement, you could have inferred complete incorrect information. If you would have asked me, I would have told you like this: If you cross over, then you get Eretz Gilad. And if you don't cross over, what would you have thought? You get nothing. Zero. You get penalized. You didn't cross over. You get nothing. That's what I would have thought. The reason why, says Rukhinavikavlel, you have to add the second piece is to tell me that if you don't get at least you'll get you'll get equal with the brothers. You'll get one twelfth like all the other brothers. But, but but if you never said that second part that if you don't cross over, you just get equally with all the brothers. I could have thought maybe you get zero. You get penalized. What? They helped you conquer Gilad. You never helped them conquer Gilad. You don't deserve anything. Maybe you would have thought that. Now, if that's true, and that's the reason I had to write that second piece, then you cannot bring me a proof here that this is the prototype that every condition needs to be doubled. Well, let's see what Ramirez says. That's what more is for. So it says the more like this. So it says the Gemara... So, Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel Oimer, Sarech Omro, you needed to have that second piece. Shel Malay came because if it wasn't, it's there. So then Yesh b'Mash Mashafilu Eretz Kanan lo Yidchalu. I would have thought they get nothing. Not only don't they get inheritance in Gilad, they wouldn't get inheritance in Eretz Yisrael either. And therefore, you, you would have thought it. That's why you need the second part. But it's not to teach me you need a tonight kafel. Says the Gemara, Shabbar Kamalei Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel the Rav Meir. That's a good taina. Now therefore, so what is Rav Meir going to say about that? What is Rav Meir going to say? So Rav Meir is going to say there's still extra words. There's extra words in the second clause that you did not have to record. And the fact that the Torah repeated the extra words 
is a raya that this is not just to teach me the message of Rab Khalid Gamliel, that this is part of the requirement of the Tanai, that without it will be a Tanai bottle. What's extra? She says like this. So he says like this, Amalach, If it wasn't coming for tonight, Kofel at all, it was only coming to say, to tell you there's no penalty over here. That means you like, you would have thought maybe they get nothing, therefore telling you, no, no, they still get the 112 with their brothers. So then Lichtov, then all the Torah would have had to write like this. It says, And if you don't cross over, Then they will inherit amongst you. Means your, your brothers, your brothers will get with you. Why did I have to say the extra words Be'eretz Kenan? It says Be'eretz Kenan. The word Be'eretz that clause is a completely extra. What's it there for? To tell you you had to double because if you didn't double we would not have applied the condition. So therefore that's what Rameer answers. So it says Be'eretz Kenan Lama Lishma that's coming to teach me at night Kofel Huda Asa. It's coming from night Kofel. Now the ball goes back into the court of He says, what are you talking about? You had to say Eretz Kanan. If you never said the words Eretz Kanan, I would have said like this. I would have said, yes, they will inherit with you. What will they inherit with you? They'll get one-twelfth of Gilad, where the other brothers will get eleven-twelfths of Gilad. And what would you have said about Eretz Kanan? Nothing. You didn't cross over. You don't get anything. So it has to tell you, no, it's come to tell you. The reason why it says means all bets are off. You'll get one-twelfth but not only one-twelfth of Gilad, which you did help conquer, you'll still get one-twelfth of Eretz Kenan. That's why it's there, but it's not there for tonight. Kofel purposes, it's there to tell you don't make the mistake. So it comes out like this. Let's just analyze for a moment. Initially, it's Rabbi Hanin and Gamliel, Rabbi Hanin is changing a little bit. Initially, he said like this, that if you only had the first statement, if you only had the first statement that if you cross over, then you have a right to exclusively get Gilad. You get all 12 parts of Gilad, you'll get Gilad, and you give up your 12 parts. If you would have only said that, I would have thought, and if you don't cross over, get zero, get garnished. The mayor's tying on that, if it's only to tell you that you don't get garnished, that's a, and it's not for tonight couple, then you just have to say, and if you don't cross over, then you get with it, that's all you have to say. Why do I have to say Eretz Kanan? Obviously, it's for tonight couple purposes. On that, Rav Chanin Megamlil comes back and says, no, if I never said the words, Eretz Kanan, I would have thought, yeah, you get with your brothers, but what does it mean you get with your brothers? Gilad. Only in Gilad. It doesn't mean you get in Eretz Kanan. You still would give up Gilad. That's why it has to say the words Eretz Kanan. It's not for tonight couple purposes. So therefore, it says the Gemara like this. So therefore, if the Torah Hashem would have not written the, the words Eretz Kanan, Hava Amina, I would have thought Yes, you will get you inherit amongst your brothers, but only in Eretz Gilad. It means you share now. You only get one twelfth of Gilad instead of all of it. Avol Eretz Kanan. Still, you should be penalized. Why should you be penalized? You didn't cross over. Maybe Klaloi. So what does Rav Meir answer to that? Rav Meir says, why would I have thought that? When you said, that they will inherit among you, what does among you mean? It means whatever you get. And what is Kalah Yisrael getting? Okay. Eretz Yisrael and Gilad. So therefore, why would I have thought it means not Eretz Kanan? It says, so therefore the word Eretz Kanan is extra. And if it's extra, to teach me, for Rav Meir, means they will get wherever the brothers get. The two and a half tribes will get where the nine and a half tribes get. means in Eretz Kanan. So why do you have to write the word Eretz Kanan? It must be for, uh, uh, for what's his name? For purposes of the Tanai Kofel. Okay. House cup there, gentlemen. This is very technical. That's why I came late this morning. Tanya, we learned in a Amar Rebbe Chanina ben Gamliel. 
In my position, you see, to sustain my position, I'm going to give him Moshal. I'm going to show you a parable that is comparable to the situation at hand. So let's see. You have a person dividing up his assets, his properties to his children. The person over here will be compared to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And his children will be, you'll have the, ten, the nine and a half tribes and you'll have the two and a half tribes. We'll see which is which. So now, Amar Leploni, he says to, Amar, he said, Ploni B'nai Yerosh started Plonis. My son A will get field A. Uploni Yerosh started Plonis. And son B will get field B. So now, just in order to compare it, make it easier to understand, son A and son B are the nine and a half tribes. And field A and field B then would be compared to Eretz Canaan. So he says, I'm giving my son A and son B uh, property A, field A and field B, and that would be, I'm giving the, uh, my, 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 Eretz Canaan goes to the nine and a half tribes. Uploni Bani comes along, my son, son C, I want to give him exclusively what? I want to give him field C. Son C should get exclusive field C, but I'm not giving it out without strings attached. He has to pay me 200 Zuz. If he pays 200, either me or maybe them after I die, I don't know but if he has to pay, he has to pay the 200 Zuz. If he pays the 200 Zuz, he will inherit field C. Now, let's, the, the paying of the 200 is equivalent to Crossing over. crossing over and fighting. And if you cross over and fight, then you will exclusively get Gilad. field C, which is Eretz Gilad Eva Yazid. A and B. A and B is Eretz Knan. So therefore, those nine half tribes get, uh, will get exclusively will get field A and field B, which is Eretz Canaan. And he will get Svasan C, which is uh, the two and a half tribes. They will get now. Im, now this is a kicker. Now this is the condition. Im lo yitain. If he doesn't want to give the 200 Zuz, then Yirish im Echov Bashar Nechosim. Then he just gets a third of the other portions of the other properties. He'll get a third of A, a third of B, a third of C with the other brothers. Actually, which look, actually here says he just inherits a portion of the first two fields. It doesn't go well, it means it means he'll get he'll, he'll get all he'll get a, he'll get all it means even. He'll get the other okay. properties as well. So Yerush imachav b'shar nechosim. So he'll get the, he'll get a, a third of A. He'll get a third of B. And lecharet means he'll get a third of C as well. It means even A and B. It means then again, if he doesn't pay, then all bets are off. Nothing is exclusive anymore. He gets a third of each. Now, what? Because that's his portion. He has a third. His three brothers. So now, so now the point is like this. Now, lechora. Let's analyze this for a moment. Mi garam lo lirush im echov. Bashar Nechosim, what, uh, what causes that he's now able to get a third of A or a third of B, right? Within, in a third of A and a third of B. Kfeila Garam Lo. It's only because of the condition. Meaning, it's because the, the father said, and if he doesn't pay, then he gets a third of A and a third of B. But if the father wouldn't have said that, the father would have just said the first part of it. I'm giving A to A exclusively. I'm giving B, I'm giving my son B, I'm getting field B exclusively. And my son C, if he pays 200 to get C, if it would have said that, 
and then the, fa- the son wouldn't have wanted to pay, what would you have said happens? He would not get, he'd maybe get a third of C. You divide third. But he would get nothing in A and B. A and B. The only thing that allowed the father to, that allowed the son, the third son, to get in A and B is because the father had the stipulation. And if he does not pay, he still gets a third in Shana Chasa with the brothers. So, me Garam Lo, it's the doubling of the loss in Garam Lo. So therefore, what his point that he's making is, you needed to have that stipulation not because of Tanai Kaful. You need to have that stipulation because without the stipulation, I would have not known to give a piece of A and B to the, the to, 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 to Sun C. So what is, therefore, 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 that's the same thing over here, what the Gemara is saying. That's what Akkadosh Baruch Hu and Moshe Rabbeinu was doing when they were B'nai God and B'nai Ruven. Because he was saying is, now he wasn't having to double it. He was, the reason why he doubled it is because you would have thought without doubling it, then they would have got nothing in Eretz Canaan. That the field one and field two is like Eretz Canaan. Without him saying it, and if they don't cross over, they'll still get a portion in Eretz Canaan. You needed to say that they would still get a portion in Eretz Canaan. Because if it wasn't doubled, you would have thought that they forfeit the right to Eretz Canaan. They forfeit the right to Eretz Canaan. And Eretz Gilad, they still made a good, like, that's field C, they still got a twelfth of it, but they wouldn't have got it exclusively. So that is the way Rabbi Chanina is, is giving a marshal to support his position. Now the Gemara wants to know, listen, how cup of here, because this is what gets a little sticky. But the one wants to know is, the marshal that he's giving is not similar to the argument that he made in the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, he made the argument like this. He said that you need, it's not a Tanai Kaful. You need to have the second piece. Because without the second piece, I would have said like this. If they cross over and fight, then they get exclusively Eretz Gilad. And if it never said the second piece, what would I have said if they don't cross and fight? Nothing. They get zero. Meaning without the stipulation, I would have thought they ended up getting zero. Not in Gilad and not in Eretz Canaan. Right? That's the position that was taken in the Mishnah. That's not the same as the, as the case that's given. Because in the case that's given, the only reason you need the stipulation is to give them a piece of field A and field B. Field C... There was no question that they would have a right to, they would have a right to get field C. So what the Gemara wants to know is Lechorah, the, 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 the marshal is not similar to the position that he took in the, in, in the Mishnah. Let's read it inside. Frag the Gemara. Um, Fahaloi Damya Mushal, the Mushal that was given here in the Bryce of Rachid Gamlil is not similar to the position that he took in the Mishnah. Hosam Khtani, Yesh Bemashma Shafilu the Eretz Kanan Loyin Cholu. So therefore, uh, that what the Lash and the Mishnah was that you needed the Kekfalus to tell me that they will even get in Eretz Canaan. It's Mashma for sure they're going to get Eretz Gilad and you need to tell me they even get Eretz Canaan. But Mashma without it they would have only got Gilad and they wouldn't have got Canaan. And here it says that's Mashma I mean, I mean I'm, I'm sorry in the, in the Mishnah it's Mashma that you needed you, if without the condition they would have got zero. The condition was needed to give them both Eretz Gilad and Eretz Canaan. And over here uh, it, it, over here it was, it's mash, it's mashma, the Eretz Gilad, 
they would have got. The Tznai was coming to tell me that they even get in Eretz Canaan. So therefore, Lechora, so therefore, Hasam, uh, in the Mishnah, it's, it's Mashma, Afiluk Fele, Eretz Gilad Nami Mahani, that you needed the double Lushan to tell me that you even get Eretz Gilad, not just Eretz Canaan. And over here, Vahachaktani, Mi Garmlo Liresh Im Echob, it says, what allows him to get Eretz Canaan? That's A and B, Bashar Nechazim, Bashar Nechazim, it's Kvela Garmlo. But Alma Kvela, Shar Nechazim, you only need it for Eretz Canaan. But for Eretz Gilad, that Mashmah, they would have got it automatically. So the Gemara says like this, is you're right. Initially, the initial statement that was made by Rabchinim Gamliel, when he first started, he said you need the double Lushan, because without the double Lushan, we thought they had a complete penalty, they would get zero. Right, not even Gilad. But when Rav Meir said, you don't need to write Eretz Kanan, you just write Eretz Achuzaschem to teach me that. Why do you have to write Eretz Kanan? Then he changed his position. He's saying is that the, you would have thought, you're right, you would have thought they get, but they only get Eretz Gilad 112, and you need the word Eretz Kanan to tell you they get even in Eretz it's Canaan. So the Mishnah is really ref- uh, the, the Brisa that we brought down with the case of the brothers is reflecting the response that Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel had to Rav Meir. So Gemara, let's see it inside. So Gemara says, Loikasha. That's not difficult. Hamekamei, the name of Rav Meir, that the Mishnah's position was before Rav Meir said to him, V'nachazu, the I, you don't need to write the, the, the words, Eretz Kanan, just say that V'nachazu B'sochachem. The Brisa is Halabasa, the name of Rav Meir. After Rav Meir made that position, he had to tweak his position as well. V'nachazu. So therefore, that's why you had to do it. According, to, uh, that's why the Brisa is really reflecting his position after he an- responded to Rav Meir. There's a new kasha. We say by Kain, when Kain killed he- was, was going to kill Hevel, or after killed Hevel, Hashem said to him, He said, listen, if you do the right thing, and you make the right cho- choices, Se'ace, you'll be uplifted, you'll be rewarded. And if you don't do the right thing, then you're gonna, you'll be in sin and you're going to get punished. The Chorah, according to Rav Meir, you need a Tanaikafel. Because anytime you make a condition, you can't just say one side, you have to say both. If you do the right thing, you get, you get uh, rewarded. Well, I inferred if you don't do the wrong thing, if you do the wrong thing, you get punished. So why do you have to say it? Because you can't, a condition is not binding without having both sides. So this works according to Rav Meir. El Rav Chanina, Lama Li, why do you have to write both sides according to Rav Chanina? Someone says no. Because you wouldn't have inferred the right thing. You could have said like this, if you do the right thing, then Hashem rewards you. If you don't do the right thing, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't mean that you're going to get punished. That's why you have to add in the second clause. So therefore, if you do the right thing, so then, so then, then agra, you get reward. But if you don't do the right thing, maybe agra, you know, not, you know, not, not, no, no reward, but maybe no punishment. Hakamash Malan comes to teach you that, 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 that no, it doesn't work that way. That if you don't do the right thing, it's not just a, it's no man's land. You don't do the right thing, you get you get punished. Bishlam of the Rav Meir Hainadiksiv. The Bosak says that um, that that when 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 Avram Avinu was uh, dealing with Eliezer to go get a wife for Yitzchak, so he put him on a curse, he put a swear, an Allah, a, 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 a binding oath that you're not allowed to take a girl from the girls of Canaan. He said to him, so he said to him, he says uh, therefore you cannot take a girl, but it's binding on you if you don't go. If you don't go, then you're bound by it. But if you do go, if you do go, and uh, she doesn't want to come back with you, or whatever it is, so then, the, 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 then, it'll, then it will be, uh, the, 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 the oath will be removed. 
She says the Gemara like this. Why do you need both parts? All you need is, is that the oath is binding if you don't go. Implied is that if you do go, the oath will not be binding. So why do you have to say both? Because you need to my kafal. That's if it supports Rav Meir. So why is it like this? Then you will be cleansed of my oath. If you go, then you'll be cleansed of my oath. You can't just say it one way, that if you don't, if you don't go, the oath will be on you. That's not enough. You have to make it a kafal. And if you do go, then the oath will be removed from you. We understand why you have to have both. Why can't you just say that the oath is only binding if you don't go? Imply that if you do go, then the oath is no longer binding. So it's Tirich. Moses says, no, according to Rebbe you have to make the second part of the oath as well. Because you might have thought like this. Let's say the girl wants to come with you. The girl wants to come. She's happy to come with you. But the family doesn't want to let her go. Right? Now, what do you do at that point? Now, if you wrote, if you wrote that, um, that if you don't go, then there's an oath. But if you do go, if you don't go, there's an oath. And then reply, if you do go, there's no oath. Maybe you would say like this, when is there no oath? If you make sure, if she wants to go, you have to make sure she comes. If you don't make sure she comes, the oath will be still in place. How do you know that if the family don't agree... Someone of Rum's family, right? The, 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 the family of... Not, you know, not, not, not yeah, there. The, the, the Rivka's family. So, that she wants to go and they don't want. So, maybe you have to force them. Force them there with, with, with maybe threats or whatever it is. Pay them off. But maybe you have to... You're, that, you're not cleansed of your oath in such a case. Kamash Malan, that Apostolic says that if the family doesn't want to let her go, if the family wants to let go, even if she wants to go, the oath is not binding. Now, you would not have known that unless it stipulated the other part. Because if it only stipulated the one, if you don't go, then there's no oath. But if you go, the oath is in place, and maybe you have to force the family to, to, to set her free. I, why is the post that gives both choices? It says, what, what if the case is Losova Haisha? There's a case that said, and if she doesn't want to go, and it says, if she doesn't want to go, you're also cleansed from the oath. Why do you have to say, if she doesn't want to go, you're cleansed from the oath? Because what if it's the other way around? What if she doesn't want to go, but the family wants her to go? So what do you think, what, what, what is Eliezer's position? How do I get, do I have, is my oath still binding? Do I have to force her to come? The family wants to go. She doesn't want to go. Do I have to force her to go? So therefore, in Los Tova Isha, Lameli, why do I have to say, if she doesn't want to go, you're cleansed? It's the Rich. If you need it. Sagadai Techamin, I would have thought, what if it's the other way around? Hechadanichalahu, the family's happy to send her. Lididhu. But she doesn't want to come. So you might have to force her. Kamash Balan comes to teach me that in that case also you're exempt from the oath. Either way, you don't have to force them. Even if she wants to go, you don't have to force her. If they don't, if, 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 if uh, you don't have to force them. If she doesn't want to go, either way, the oath is no longer binding unless both her and her family want her to go. And you would not have known that without writing the second stipulation, which is what the Rebbe it's not to teach it's but not because of Knaik Kaful, but it's because of this, these uh, wrinkles in the condition that would not have been known of. So the Mora asks the Kasha from it says, Imba Hukosai Teilechu. Says Bishlam Rav Meir. According to Rav Meir, it makes sense. If you follow in my path, Hashem says, then you will get all the blessings. 
and if you reject my path, so then you are going to get all the curses. So lechora, we see it goes both directions. So we understand, but that, but lechora, why do you have to say in both directions? Imply. So Morris says no. Salkadai, it's true. It's necessary. Salkadai, I would have thought to say. Maybe you would have thought if you only said in one direction, it means like this. You get bracha. I im bechukosai timosu, and if you wouldn't have said it specifically, you would have said if I you, if you reject my uh, statutes and my 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 ways, then loy bracha loy klola. Maybe it's parav. You don't get bracha. You don't get klola either. Kamash malan. That's why you have to say even a corner of chanim gamliel. You have to say the other direction to tell you no. There's no such thing. If you don't go in my ways, not that nothing will happen. You don't go in my ways, then you not only won't you get bracha. But you also are going to get klola. That's what comes to teach. You're on your own. What's that? You're on your own. What do you mean by on your own? No, 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 That's what you would have thought, perhaps. No, Correct. Kamara says like this. Similar. It says as follows. The Pazak says in Yeshaya. Im tovu, if you desire ushamatem and you want to listen to what Hashem has to say, then tuva aretzechelu, you will eat from the the, uh, the 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 blessings of the land. The im timanu, and but if you, uh, you refuse to listen to my ways and resem and you rebel, so then the pasuk says. Um, You'll be consumed by sword. But anyway, the pause again, according to the mayor, we understand why it has to say both sides. Otherwise, the stipulation is not binding. Why do you have to do that? I would have thought, if you uh, want to listen to my way, then you get tovu. If you reject and don't want to listen, then maybe it's lo tovu lo ra. Kamash malan. It has to tell you the negative will happen, not that you don't get not the positive, not the negative. Negative, the negative will happen. Again, similar to the test before. My What does it mean? The similar you'll be consumed by the sword. So Rashi points out it because it should have said means through the sword you'll be consumed through the sword. It says cherev implies that you're consuming the sword. So lechora, why is it written in such a way? So I'm a rubber because that's actually what it means. It says it means that you're going to be impoverished and you're going to have to eat a certain diet that is only affordable to you, which has the same impact on the body as consuming swords. That's what it means. What is this diet that you're going to be, you'll be, you'll let lose the blessings of the land and you'll only be, and you won't have wealth and you'll have to eat this. So Amarava, Milcha Galal Nisa, coarse salt, and Nama de Sa'ari Akusha, and coarse barley bread, Ubitsali with onions. That's what, that was like the poor man's meal. That's what you're going to be subjected to. To Amar Mar, like the master said, paspurni chareva, dry coarse, uh, bread. Bemelach with salt, ubitzalim and onions are kashim laguf, are harmful to the body, kecharavos like swords. Okay. So, Gemara this is what meant in the Posuk. The Posuk says by Soto that the, uh, the, the, the Kohen is Mashbiah. He makes us, an, makes us take an oath. 
So it says, Im shachav ish osoch. He says, if, it says, ish biakoin, va'amar, la'isha, he says like this, if somebody, im shachav, im lo shachav ish osoch. If you did not have relations with a man, ve'im lo sotis, and you did not deviate from the, uh, to, to, to do something of tumor, to do something, uh, that is impure, tachas ishech, while you are married, then hinaki, you will be, uh, absolved from any punishment. Alright? Now, the problem is, as Rashi explains, is that in the parts of Sota, the Kohen makes a jurzer in two ways. One is a straight-out shvua. The second one is a shvua that has with it a, uh, a, a an Allah. An Allah is a curse. So, it, so you have the shvua and you have the shvua with an Allah. The next pasuk which says that im sot is that if you did go off the path, that in the pasuk references the shvua with the Allah. But on the Shvua alone, it's only one directional. It's only this Pasuk. Im lo shachav ish osach. It just tells you if the, if, if no one had relations, you will be absolved. From there, the, understand the stipulation of the O, it means, implies that if someone did have relations with you, you will not be absolved. But it's only through inference because it only writes the one sign. The next Pasuk, it talks about if a man had relations with you, that's no longer just the plain oath. That's going to the second thing that the Kohen does, which is the uh, Allah, the Shvua Shiyesh Allah, so Lachara, we only have one direction on the oath. So that's the one at the Kasha, that according to Rabbi Chanid ibn Gamliel, Haina Dixibim Loishach of Ish Osach, Vim Loishotis, Tumatachat Isha, Hinoki, you'll be absolved. El Rab Meir, Chinkimi Boyle, Chinkimi Boyle means, just a play on words, Chinkim means that you should choke, meaning that the, the, the other side, that if you did do something, then you will die, so you will be, you will choke. That does, it doesn't say it. What about, it should say, it should give us the other part of the equation, according to Rabbi Meir. So, Amr of Tanchum, Rav Tanchum says, it is there, it is more than just implied, it actually, there's a Cree and a Ksiv. You can actually read it into the Pesach as well. How do you do so? Because Hinoki could be written with the Yud. But the Torah chooses to leave the Yud out of Hinoki. Why does it choose to read out, leave it out? Because we know He and Ches are interchangeable. So writing Hinoki without the Yud is as if you're writing the word Chinki that you will choke. As Rashi explains it, is that you read the second part of the Pasuk, you read it like this. You read, one is, Im lo shachav ish osach, im lo satis betumadach then uh, hin, uh, Hinoki. But, uh, but if you were Satis Tumatachas Isheikh, Chinki, and it really it continues on, Raji says, into the next Pasuk a little bit. Im Satis. It'll be Chinki Im Satis. Im Satis starts the next part of Pasuk. So that whole Pasuk is not referring to the Shvur itself, like I said, because that's the Allah. But you can be borrowing the first two words according to Rashi. So you're reading it because the Torah left out the Yud. It shows you you should do that. So you're reading it, Chinki, that you will choke Im Satis. If you did uh, deviate, if you did uh, go uh, 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 have a, an adulterous relationship, so that is the both sides are are written there. So now Gemara says like this. Okay, so Bishlomer Rav Meir Hanedichsim Hinaki. Now I understand according to Rav Meir why the Hinaki was written without the Yud. Be able to uh, absorb that second interpretation of Chinki. But according to Rav Chanim you don't need it because he learns anyway. You can imply. So you can imply. Then why the Torah have to write Hinaki like it says? the word Chinki, there's no need to do it. So, 
Why is it necessary? He says, well, it's true, it is necessary. I mean, I would have thought to say, like this, maybe, again, a similar kind of svara, what the, these are not of, 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 of Iyun. But, uh, it says, Imlo you would have said, if nobody had, if you didn't have relations, Inaki will be absolved. I, let's say you had relations, Im Shachav, Lo Hinaki, okay, you won't be completely absolved, you've done something wrong, but Lo Chinki, but you don't necessarily would be, uh, choked, you won't die. So therefore, maybe, again, it's, it's like, again, not, not that the punishment, you have, so you have to write, even according to Rabbi Gavliel, because the implication doesn't show you the full stipulation. He only requires, he say, only says you can get away with writing both sides of the equation if the implication is what you want it to be. But if it's not coming out the way you want it to be, then you still have to write the other side of the equation, which is why you need to write according to even Rabbi Gamliel, Hinoki with the Yud missing, so it can be read as Chinki as well. <laughs> so therefore, so you might have thought if you lo shachav ish lo, maybe it's, it's lo hinaki, the im shachav lo hinaki, but lo chinki. At least sir ba'alma, you just did an iser kamash malan. That's why it has to write no. There is a there is a chinki aspect. You're, there is a you, the punishment is included as well. Bishlam al rabbeinu Pesach says, by somebody that had become Tomei and requires the sprinkling of the Pora Aduma. What has to happen is that on the third day and on the seventh day, he has to be uh, sprinkled with the mixture of water and ashes of the Pora Aduma, and then he becomes purified. So Moses is like this. We understand, according to Rav Meir, it writes both parts of the equation. It says, Hu bo yitar, and then he'll be purified. <coughs> and if he doesn't get the sprinkling, then he will not be purified. You're writing both sides of the equation. It's not being implied. So that fits good according to the opinion of Rabbi Meir. But according to Rabbi Gabriel, if you just say that he will be sprinkled on the third and the seventh day and he will be purified, there's no need to write. And if he doesn't get sprinkled on the third day and the seventh day, he won't be purified. That's implied. Why does it have to be written? So therefore, why do you need to have the second part of that equation? See, it's the it is necessary. You might have thought like this. The Pesach's telling you, it's, uh, it doesn't say, as Rashi points out, it doesn't say, Im. If you, if that, Im is like, then it's like making conditional. If you get sprinkled on the third and the seventh, only then you'll be purified. It doesn't say that. It says, and it's an instructional. He will be purified on the third and seventh. So you could have learned it means like this. Mitzvah lechatchila, the obligation lechatchila is to be sprinkled on the third and the seventh, and you'll be purified. Let's say he only got purified on one of the days. Maybe, but maybe it works as well. So therefore, since it didn't write the first part as a as a condition, it should have written if he gets sprinkled on the third and seventh. Then I would have understood that if he doesn't do it, then he doesn't get purified. It only writes he should do it on the third and seventh. Should, but what if he only did one of the two? It might have been okay. That's why you have to write the second half of the equation. And if he didn't do it on the third and the seventh. Even that has to tell you that he would not be purified at all. It's not like a bit, there's no bit of of doing one out of the two options. So Moses is like this. I would have thought that mitzvah hazor, the mitzvah, the lechatchile is to do b'shlishi b'shvi. But where you chose to do only one of the two. So therefore, one of those two, Kamash Malan, so the Avad is considered to be, uh, you're still Tahar. Kamash Malan, that's why it tells you no. If you don't do it on the two dates, then you will not be purified at all. There's nobody ever to be purified with one of the dates. Alright, let's go weiter. The Pasuk then also, this is a completely redundant Pasuk, that says, Lamali, 
We already have both sides of the equation. Why did I have to add a third pasuk that says, This is a kasha both on Rav Meir and on Rav Chanina That's not necessary. So Mora says, it's terich, it is necessary. This is the way Rashi learns this. Salgadait echamina. I would have thought, if I only had the first part of the Pasuk, the double equation, that there has to be a third and seventh, it's not on third and seventh, you're not told, I might have thought like this, that the date of the third is just to tell you that the first bringing can not be less than the third. You can do it, can't do it earlier. And the date of the seventh is tell you that it cannot be earlier than the sixth. But let's say you did it on the third and the eighth. Okay, so then you're stretched out the purification process a little. Instead of being seven days, you made it eight days. Maybe nothing wrong with that. The reason why it reiterates the third time the positive will tell you that the distance between the two sprinklings has to be it can't be less than three, it's correct. And it cannot be less than seven, it's correct. But you have to have the um on the exact the, 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 what's, what's the word? The, uh, the two numbers have to be, that equidistance have to be between third and seventh. So you're gonna do fourth and eight would be fine. Fifth and nine would be okay. But third and eight would not be good. That's what that third pasuk is emphasizing by reiterating the dates third and seventh. So more like this. If it would have just said the first two psukim, I would have said, shlish is just lemuta can't be earlier than three, it can't be two or less. And shvi can be, this lemuta can't be shishi, can't be, uh, the, the seven, it can't be less, six or less. The common might, uh, be, uh, be tahara, because that would be lessening the amount of days of the purification process. Aval avid but if you did, Three and eight to come out this then you are extending the purification process. Maybe that would be okay. Same as Dami, maybe that would be fine. Kamash Malan, the Chita I'm sorry, that comes to teach you that therefore Kamash Malan, that it has to be the space between them has to be specifically those three and seven, the four days between them. Now, the pasuk, that extra pasuk. Uh, 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 culminates with the following clause. So it says, Where it explained why it had to repeat this. Why does it have to add the extra clause? And you'll be purified on the seventh day. Why do I have to say that? That's already contained in the earlier psukim. That if you sprinkle on the third and seventh, then what happens? You'll become purified on the seventh day. Why does it have to say again? And you will be purified on the seventh day. So it says the more like this. It's, it's derich, it's necessary. <laughs> I would have thought that you need to have all of this, that you cannot wait until the seventh, uh, uh, you cannot, uh, you cannot partake in holy foods unless you've done third and seventh, only on the seventh day you become holy, is only for the laws of kachim, korbonus. But, avalatruma, bechad nami sagi. For truma, maybe you don't need both of the sprinklings. Maybe even, it's less holy. So maybe one of the sprinklings should be sufficient to allow this, uh, uh, tome, mace, to partake in the, in, in truma. Kamash Malana comes to teach you that no. Is that, that, that repeats it, that on the seventh day, only on the seventh day after the third and seventh sprinkling, that even for truma, you will not become tar until the seventh day with both sprinklings. Do you think that maybe because the Pasuk talking about Kachim and Mekdash, did you think that? Like Pasuk's talking about all ta- Taharis, so not all Taharis. It's Tameh Meis, it's Tameh. So why was he think that? Because it's a repetition? Different levels. 
you would thought for carb carbonus you always have to you have to wait more. Truma usually have to wait and uh Arab Shemesh usually for Truma. Truma is usually not as Khomer as something that uh that as Khatshir. Now, Zafta Mishnah as we had this before. She never said that she's a Kohenas. He thought that she was, and he wakes up later on and says, Oh, she's not a Kohenas. She's Levia. Or Levia Vahari Kohenas, the other way around. Ania Vahari Ashira, Ashira Vahari Ania. I thought she was wealthy, she's poor, I thought she's poor, she's wealthy. We discussed why, if it's a step up or step down, we had a machlokas. Arezu Mekudeshes, in all cases, is Mekudeshes. Why? Because she did not trick him. also, she didn't trick him. He tricked himself. He thought, what he thought has no bearing. There was no articulation or stipulation as part of the, of the transaction. Therefore, it's considered to be binding. Haomer Leish Haret Mekudeshes Li, Laachash is Gayer. Guy comes up to him and he says, listen, I want to marry you. The only one little problem right now is I have not yet had Gayrus. But Haret Mekudeshes Li, and it'll take It'll be binding when, when I go through, uh, next month I'm scheduled to go to the mikvah, and, uh, th- th- next month. Where says, oh, the Akhir's Gairi. Maybe the issue over here is that she hasn't converted. So, Haret Magadesh has Lee, here's the ring, and it'll be binding when you go through the conversion process. Or the Akhir's Dishtachar, it's similar. That in Evet Knani, when he gets freed, he becomes a Yid. So, he's still in Evet Knani. He says, Haret Magadesh has Lee, Almanaz, when I, when, uh, not, uh, uh, that when I become free, it'll work. Or when you become free, he says, you know what? Here's Mekudeshes. When your husband dies, right, then Mekudeshes. Or two sisters, you can't marry one if the one other one's still alive. He says, when she dies, then you'll become Mekudeshes to me. It's a Shemeris Yavam that needs Yibum. She's a Surah Lashuk until she gets Yibum. So he says to her, listen, get, you'll get, um, or she'll get Chalitza. Uh, so when you get the Chalitza, then you'll become a terrorist to me. Rashi points out, Lachora, that's only an Isra, it's a, an say or it's a love, but Lachora condition would be Tophet. He says, this must be going like the opinions that hold that Kedushin are not toast, and there were some Shittas that held that Tanoim that held, Kedushin are not Toifas by Yavama Lashuk. So anyway, the point is, again, it's not Tovstin until after the Chalitza happened. So does this delay uh, uh, work? Does it work? It's right. after Chalitza, it's Achaz Chalitza? No, it's not, it's, not, it's, not really, it's not related to this woman. After Chalitza? He's, he's saying to her, you go get Chalitza from the guy you need it. Oh, oh. Right. What is it like this? Eina Mekudeshes. In all of these cases are Eina Mekudeshes. The, the Mishnah is introducing us to the concept of Dover Shalobala Olam, that in order for a transaction to be, be binding, all the entities have to be currently present. You have to have the seller, the buyer, and the item itself that is being transacted has to be here. If, it no, if it's not yet in existence, then the transaction doesn't work. The Achronim deal with what the Chisoran is. Is it because you cannot have a Chalos? You cannot have the Kenyan Bichal cannot be effectuated, the item that it needs to be effectuated with, or the party that it needs to be effectuated does not exist, or is it a problem in Gmiras Das? That part of a binding transaction is that the entities are Gomer Das. Gomer Das means that they are mentally binding themselves to this the the, the uh the effectiveness of this transaction. And if there's an element that's not here, we don't say that they really 
have made the commitment to make it happen. That's two ways in the Akronim to discuss why a Dabr Shalom doesn't work. It's a lot of raid on it. But anyway, the point is, over here, one of the entities are not Bala Olam. In either, in either it's the man who is the buyer, or it's the Isha who is the seller. So in either of these cases, it doesn't work. He says, listen, if you're, let's, 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 let's make a merger of families, I will marry your daughter. He says, I don't have any daughters. He says, okay. When your wife gives birth to a daughter, here's the money, you have the right to be Makadashur, so then she'll be Makadashur's Lee when the da- a daughter will be born. So Haray's Makadashur's Lee, she'll be Makadashur's to me. Again, Aina Makadashur's because it is a Chisoran of Dover Shalobala Olam, the entity which is being transacted is not in existence, it doesn't work. The, the Marshals just take out the parentheses over here, uh, and we don't read them, we'll do it later on in the Gemara. Let's go weiter. Now, we know that the laws of truma are only chal. You only have an obligation to take truma when you have harvested and you've put the, uh, uh, the produce in a pile. From the degancha is digunecha. It's something that you can pile. So therefore, you cannot take truma when it's mechubar, when it is still connected to the ground. So what if the person said like this? Not awesome. This is a mishnah that we have in Meseches Trumos. So it says, <laughs> You cannot separate from your pile that has already been disconnected from the ground to to help you take your truma on that which is still connected. Because it's not chayim. And if you did it, it would not work. Again, because it's, it, it violates the laws of truma. Truma is not chal on davar uh, that's mechubar. So whether the entity being separated or the entity being separated for are connected, it doesn't work. So, Rav Asim Rav Yechon. Rav Asim Rav Yechon is Rebbe, the following Shiloh. Amar Peiros Arugazu Tlushim. He said, if a person said that the produce of this bed of, of, of produce that have already been, has already been harvested, it's already been piled up, you truma al peiros aruga should count as truma. Means you're taking from one pile to help for, but the other peiros, but the other peiros is still connected to the ground. Mechubarin, right? Al peirosu aruga mechubarin, or peiros aruga zu mechubarin. You truma al peiros aruga zutlushim, or the other way around. You are separating. I want to separate from the uh, from the ones that are. Unconnected to the ground to count for the ones that have already been disconnected. But the, the twist over here different than the Mishnah. He never said that I want it to be chal now. Now it cannot be chal. He said When they become disconnected, I want the chalos to happen. And then you went ahead and you disconnected it. Mahu. Does that work for the laws of Truma? Or do we say that since you could not have done it at the time when you made the stipulation, it doesn't work. It's like almost like a Dabr Shabbat Olam. It's not chal on something. And therefore, even though later on, you didn't say I should happen now. You said I want it to happen in Shit It would not be binding. You'd have to go ahead and make the declaration of Truma again. So Amar Leis, so Rabbi Yochanan said, so Rabbi Yochanan said a, 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 a big Chiddush. 
said Rabbi Yochanan is that if something is biyodo to do, if something is within your ability, there's nothing, you don't have to wait for any other external factors, you can do it yourself, it removes the problem of Dover Shalobala Olam. It's not considered to be a Dover Shalobala Olam. Kol Shabiyado, Lav Kamechuser Maiser Domi. It's not considered to be lacking in action. It's not considered to be that there is a, uh, it's a, 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 something blocking the halos of this thing from being able to happen. Now, Lechorah, what Rabbi Yochanan is saying, like this, it's important to say, he still agrees with the first part, the Mishnah is not disagreeing with. The Mishnah said, if you want to truma to be chal on mechubar on talosh, talosh mechubar, it doesn't work. Because it cannot be chal when it is now. But if you said that it should be chal when it becomes disconnected, when it is possible to be chal, the only problem is that it hasn't happened yet, but that, that's not a problem if it's something that you can do without any external factors stopping you from being able to do it, then it will be chal. It will not be a chasarna, a olam. That is the ruling of Rabbi Yochan, and we're going to spend the next uh, three quarters of an omit dealing with that ruling. Eisivei. Gemara says, Gemara has a question. Lechora, we have cases of Dover Shalobal Olam in our Mishnah. Let's go through all of them and see which of these cases is Biyado or not. If we find one of the cases, which is a case of Biyado, Lechora, then you're going to have a refutation on the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Because our Mishnah says they don't work. It doesn't work because it is considered to be a Dover Shalobal Olam. According to Rabbi Yochanan, it should not be considered a Dover Shalobal Olam because what he's saying is when it happens, it should work. Well, if there's nothing external blocking it from happening, then according to it should be a good transaction. So let's see. It says in our Mishnah, after I convert, or after you convert, after I am become free as an Ebed, from an Ebed Knani, after you become free as a Shifcha, after your husband dies, after your uh, sister dies, after you get Chalitza from Yovam, from all these cases, now, all of the cases, all of them except for one, we understand it's not biyodo. It's not within your capacity to ensure that the thing happens. Right? I guess also the husband dying, we don't consider that to be within your capacity of something happening. So that I understand is a davar shalom according to Rabbi Yochanan as well. Shalom biyodo. Elager. But lechora, I am being, me being megayer. You being megayer is not in my control. But me being megayer, lechora, is in my control. So if it is considered to be in my control, Control, then according to Rabbi Yochanan, it should not have been a davar shalom olam. It should be mekudeshes. Simona says like this: El ager have biyado. Simona says ger nami lav biyado. Ager, you could also say it's not really within his control because the one is going to say is you need a based in. Based in have to authorize it. So Lechorah, who says you're going to get a based in to authorize it? So that's considered to be external. Since it's considered to be an external factor, it is not viewed as being biyodo. That Ger is requires three. There is a Shailin and Shonim. Is that the Rice? Is that the Rabbonon? And that opens up a whole can of worms here. But anyway, that's what we're going to straight, read straight. That a Ger needs three. My time, what's the reason? Because Mishpat Ksiv Bey, the Pasuk that discusses a Ger, says Mishpat Echad Yalachem, that you should have one Mishpat. Whether you're a Ger with your citizen, means a Ger needs Mishpat in order to become a Ger. So you need a based in. Who, who says the three are going to acquiesce to him and be available and agree 
to convert him. Therefore, it's not considered to be beyodo. So we don't have a question on the opinion of Yochanan. But something like truma, where it's yours to separate yourself, that is beyodo. Therefore, as long as you said that I want it to be chal after I... When you do that, it will be chal and you don't have to do another declaration. Maskular of Achabar Mamon. Elema'ato. Based on what you're telling me right now. What? Let's say our Mishnah said that you cannot tell a shivcha when you when you are released. I will uh, uh, you, when you are released. I'll be mekudeshes to you. Now the uh, what's his name? Uh, the person asking the question of Abavar Mamol asks the question. Understands it makes no difference that whether it's somebody else's shivcha. Or whether it's your shivcha, it's a davar shalav alam. if it's your shivcha, why is it a davar shalav alam? It's within your capacity to release her. So Moshe says like this. So lechora, he says, "Elam atanosam pradul lechivcha sevama harei abne kudeshes li laachas eshtachrereich." After I free you, hachenami to have a kedushin. According to Rav Yochanan, it should be considered to be a kedushin. Because even though right now it's a davar shalav alam, but we should not view it as a davar shalav alam. Why? Because it's biyado. So, so I'm sorry. So therefore, it's bikkudush. And the one says no. Listen to the answer outside, and then the one is going to, and then we'll see inside. The one is going to say as follows: is that there has to be a t- two elements here. There has to be a that it has to be within your capacity to effectuate, but b the transformation cannot be such a great one either. Whether fruit is connected, a produce is connected to the ground or not connected to the ga- ground. That's considered to be a small change. So when you have a small change, and it's beyond to be able to do, we don't consider that to be a Dover Shalobala Olam. But changing a woman from being a Shifra Kananis to becoming a Bas Yisroel, that change, the Gemara considers it, it's like going from, be, from, from a Behemoth to an Odom. And therefore, it's such a great change that even if it's Biyodo, it's still considered to be a chasaron of Dover Shalom Olam. Again, what the cheshbon and how, what, why is still Dover Shalom? That will depend on the chakira I mentioned before. But nevertheless, so therefore, that's what we're saying is, where the change is so great, then Biyada won't help you. The Chorah is saying is that we could have given this territory to the earlier question as well from the Mishnah. You don't have to come on to it there. Now, Moses is like this. So says the Gemara, Hachi Hashta, what's the, you can't compare the case of Truma to this case of Shifcha. Why? Hosom mi'ikara behema hashta dasa cheres. Initially, there's a behema. Behema means that it's something that does not have their own das. It's not have their own control, does not have their own choices, and now you're changing them to a a a, 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 a person that is a free person that is considered to be a Das Achera, somebody who's now independent thinker. It's such a great change that uh, that you, it's biyado is not enough. It's con- still considered to be a chisaron olam. Okay, so that answers that question. So we created a new wrinkle in Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan only holds that biyado works when the transaction or the transformation so is not such a great one. So, El Hadam Rab Oshia, who says, What about Rab Oshia's din? It says, Anosin Prutal Ishto. He says, Like this. Let's say a person says to uh, he wants to marry a woman. And he says to her, Like this. He says, I'm going to give you two Prutos. One, that the Kedushin shall be binding now. And two, if I decide to divorce you, Somewhere down the line, then automatically after you get divorced, the second pruta should kick in, 
And you'll be Mekodesh'sly with the second pruta. Is that a binding transaction or not a binding transaction? Now, let's speak it out. On one hand, it is the Yodo to divorce her. So, that, so therefore, what's stopping him being able to Mekodesh her the second time is because of the divorce. He can't divorce her. But since he's the Yodo to divorce her, so maybe it is binding. And when he divorces her, then it'll automatically kick in that she'll be Mekodesh a second time. Or maybe no. And that's what we're going to discuss right now. So let's see. So it says, He says, That I want to be Mekadish you with uh, one now and the other. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, no, I, I, I skipped a case. This case was she's already married to him. I'm sorry. This case was she is already married to him. She's already his wife. And he says to her, he says, listen, I know you're concerned that I'm going to divorce you. Don't worry. Here's a pruta now today when we're married that even if I divorce you, it'll be, uh, it'll kick in. I, I, I jumped a case. So, so therefore, the question over here is, listen, it's Biyado to divorce him. Maybe that's going to be binding as a Kedushin. When he divorces her, then she'll be automatically Mekodeshus again. Simona says like this, Eina Mekodeshus. Rabosia ruled Eina Mekodeshus. Why? Because he considered it to be a Dabar Shalobah Olam. Why? Because right now, in the state that she's in, you can't be Makadashur, right? She's already Makadashur. Again, Makadashur a second time. So you're considered to be a Dabr Shalobah Olam. So, according to Rabbi Yochanan, based on what he was saying, it should now, this is not such a great change, because either way, she's a, she's a Basi Stroll, so therefore, the only thing stopping it is because she's not Megarashur yet. But since it's Biyado to be Megarashur, then that, that pruta should work. That Shishmir Kadesh is after he divorces her. So Mara says like this, you're missing a, 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 an important point over here, that there's two things that you're trying to do with this, uh, with this pruta. One you're telling her is that if I divorce you, but what's the second piece? It is beyond though, it is within his capacity for him to divorce her, but it's not within his capacity to get her to say yes after he divorces her. That's not beyond that's beyond that's in her capacity. So it's still a chisarn of beyond She can't say yes now, now she's, she's already married. She can't say yes, well what's gonna happen over then? So therefore it's based on her capacity to say yes over then. You don't, you can't control that. So Nahida Biyodo Legarsho, even though it is Biyodo to divorce her now, Biyodo Lekatsho, is it Biyodo now to be Makadash? It's not, and therefore it doesn't work. So Sezimo, based on the ruling that we just said, that you cannot give her a Pruta now for a Kedushin later on, because it's not Biyodo to be Makadash, if there's something blocking in the way, then you can't say it's Biyodo because you have to have our acquiescence, which is not within your control. So Tiv showed the boy Rab Oshio. So let's then be poshit the Shiler of Oshia. So Oshia said, I understand for sure, to give her a pruta while you marry, that it should be Makadesh or after you divorce, doesn't work. But this is the question of Oshia, I jumped the gun. Rabbi Oshia asked the following Shiler, Hanos and Shtei Prutos. If a person gives two prutos to a woman, now she's not Megureshes right now. I mean, she's not Mekodesh's right now. So right now she's single. And you say to her, listen, well, you know, one is like, uh, one is a uh, uh, buy one, uh, get one free card. So you get one now, and later on it'll work in case I divorce you in the interim. So therefore, I know since they produce the Isha, Ba'achas Amr Lo Iskachili Ayoyim, Ba'achas Amr Lo Iskachili La'achar Sheikh. 
So Lechora, based on we ju- what we just said, should be Mekudeshes or not? No. Why? Because it's still what her capacity to be Mekudesh, except Kedushin later on, is right now not in your control. And therefore, it should be Tiv showed we should conclude Mino from this when we just learned the law of a Kedushin. Sigmora so says, uh, Gemara says a Swara which needs to be worked on. Gemara says maybe there's a difference. In the earlier case where Rab Ashi, where Rab Oshia ruled, ruled conclusively, right now she's an Ashish Ish. And you want to give, she's your wife, I mean, she's married. And you want to give her a Bruta that should be Chal later on, maybe that is a Chisarna Biyodo. Because you have the Gerashin that is necessary, which is in your capacity, but you also need her acquiescence, which is not in your capacity. Now, she cannot say yes now. Because now she's not in a state to say yes. Why is she not in a state to say yes? She's already married. The case you're giving me is a different case because she is single. Right now she is single. And a single woman is able to say yes. So maybe just as she's able to say yes on the first marriage, she may be, be maybe not considered to be a chesoron or biodo for that same yes can apply for the second marriage as well. Exactly as far as it needs work. I'm not saying no, but that's the Chisaran. That right now, she's in a capacity to be able to say yes, so maybe it can work for both Brutus as well. Just as she can say yes to be Tophus the Kedushin now, it'll also help to be Tophus the Kedushin later on, because at least the Kedushin we can Tophus. Kedushin is possible to be Tophus now. In the earlier case, where she's already an Asia's ish, Kedushin can't be Tophus at that point. She's already married. The only thing that would regard the second case of accepting the second marriage, that situation hasn't happened. It hasn't, correct. Moses is like this. Tanya Kavasid Rabbi Yechanan. Sigmar says like this is that the, we have a brysa that supports Rabbi Yochanan's ruling that there is a difference when something is biyado. That was his ruling. That there's no chesaron of Dov Shalom when something is biyado. Where do we see this? It says as follows, straight out. You cannot take truma from something that is disconnected to be chal on something that's connected. And if you did it, ain't truma a truma. Kate said, what's the example? Amar, peiris arugazu. Telushin, if you said the peiris of this bed, which is disconnected, you truma should be chal as truma al peiris arugazu, on a bed of produce that is still connected, or the opposite, peiris arugazu, or you said that these peiris which are connected, you truma should be considered as truma al peiris arugazu, telushin for the peiris, for the bed of, of, of peiris, that are delusion, lo amar klum, aval, amar likesheyit lishu, you didn't say it should be chal now, you said when they become disconnected, let the chalos truma occur, let the transformation of truma occur, venik lishu, and then they actually became disconnected, dvarav kayomim, then it works, clearly the Tanakama is exactly the opinion of error, that is no chistar no biyodo, now, it's not such a, it's not a problem, I, then why means the, uh, uh, did not know all of the Bryces. So the Mishnahis, they have to know. So you can ask it to Yufta generally from the, uh, or not a Tiyuf, why didn't he say it like this Mishnah? But they don't generally do in the Bryce, because they never knew the Bryce. Now, says in Mora, Yeser al Kain, Avrolezman Yaakov. Avrolezman Yaakov took it up a notch. And he said, Afilu Amar Peres Arugazut Lushin, Yutrum al Peres Arugazum Chubaros, Peros Arugazum Chubaros, Yutrum al Peres Arugazut Lushin, Likashayavius Shlish. That even though right now they have not yet grown a third, 
and there are many cases of different types of payers that we don't consider to be significant growth unless it's not considered a pre yet unless it's grown a third. So even if it hasn't grown a third yet, you could still say the Yitlishu that when they grow a third and then they become uh Disconnected, harvested. So the way they were shown and explained, Rabbi Lezben Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov is saying even a bigger chiddush than Rabbi Yochanan, because Rabbi Yochanan holds that at least you have to have something significant here. It just says a chisaron that hasn't been disconnected yet, but that's not a problem because all you need is biyado. The his scenario is it's not biyado, so he seems to be arguing and he holds that that it's not considered to be a chisaron of davar shalabal olam even. Even if something is not biyado, that's what Rabbi Lezben Yaakov is saying. He's saying even though it's less than a third, but when it becomes a third, that's what he said, and he stipulates when it becomes a third and then it gets picked, it'll be truma. It is truma. So I'm a rabba. Lom Rav Yaakov, even Rav Yaakov doesn't hold that there's no such thing at all of Davashullah Bala Olam. He, but he still holds you have to have something there. There has to be something there. It doesn't have to be Biyodo, but there has to be something upon which you can say that the Kenyan will be Chal. Even if it's a delayed Kenyan. So Ella, he said, he said only the Shachas. There's, there's, in the early development of, of, of grain, there's, there's a stage that's called Agam. Agam means as soon as you have, uh, coming out of the seed, you have, uh, sprouts that are, that can bend. When those sprouts that come out can bend, it's called Agam. A later development is called Shachas. So he says, even if Lezim and Yaakov holds, you don't have to have it developed as into a pre that hasn't developed a third, it still would have had to have passed the Agam stage and entered into the Shachas stage. Once it enters into the Shachas, Shachas is actually called, it's fodder. It's what they would feed the animals. Once it's read, that's already enough significance that you can say there's no problem of Dover Shalom Olam, even if it's not Biyodo. He says, But if it only reached the Agam stage, even he would agree, you cannot create this delayed transaction, because there's not enough here at all to be able to make that transaction with. So there, Agam Loi. That's according to Rabbah. Rabbi Yosef Amar, Rabbi Yosef disagrees. Rabbi Yosef Amar, Agam, he says anything being there is significant, is enough to, uh, of significance to create it, that there's no problem, and it'll be, when Shayitlosh will be, uh, it'll be Truma. Even if it's only in the Agam stage and not in the Shacha stage. Now the one who wants to know, the Agam stage is when it bends. When it's a, where do we see in the Torah, Eloshan, that Agam is related to the idea that something has grown in a way that it can be bent over, that it's supple and it can be bent. So my, my, what? That's what comes from this word. So when it's like this, my mashma, where do you know? It actually refers to a reed. So when it's my mashma, how do we see, where do we see in the Torah that the concept of Agam is something that bends, that's supple? So it says, the high Agam lishna de butzlana, who, there's a lotion of something in its early development, but it's already reached a stage that it is able to be bent. So Amr Avalaza, Amr Kra, it says, Alechov ka Agmon Rosho. He will bend his head, he will bow his head like an Agmon, like a reed. So that's why a swamp is called an Agam, because it's full of reeds. So therefore, like, but it shows that there's a lot of suppleness of, uh, he will acquiesce, he will agree, bending his head like a, like a reed. You see the idea of Agam being something that can bend. Okay, so we have over here, we have the, we have the Machlokas Tanoim. Tanakama holds, like we said, like the Shita, we explained in the Shita of Rabbi Yochanan, that Dover Shabala Olam is not a problem if it's completely biyodo. Rabbi Lezben Yaakov holds even more than that, it's not a problem, as long as something exists, even if it's not 
Biyado. How much has to exist with the Machlokas Rav and Rav Yosef? Rav says it has to be at least the Shachas stage. It has to be something of significance. Rav Yosef holds it could even be the Agam stage. So when it says, come on, Azla Hadasanya, which opinion, this was that was taken out of the Mishnah, which opinion does the following go like? It says, I want to be Mekudeshes to your wife's, uh, to your child, if your wife gives birth to a girl. So it says, <laughs> On that, It's only if the wife would not be pregnant. But if the wife right now is pregnant, that would be Dwarav Kayomin. Now the Gemara understands, as Rashi points out, this cannot be going in the Tanakhama, because it's not Biyado to ensure that your wife is going to be giving birth. But it could be that there is something of significance there, so it's going like the Shita of Rebelezer ben Yaakov. This would be going like the Shita of Rebelezer ben Yaakov. So come on, so whose Shita is it going to go like? So the Moses depends. You could either make it Kiraba, it could be Rabba's interpretation of Rebelezer ben Yaakov, and then you have to say, Hukurubra, that she's already passed three months, means the child is already, the fetus has already become discernible, because he holds it has to be Shachas in the case of a plan, there has to be something of significance there. So you'd have to say, it's the Uber is discernible, it's past three months, then according to Rebelezer Yaakov, you can say it's Mekudeshes. Rabbi Yosef, or you could learn it's going like Rabbi Yosef, and as long as she's pregnant, it means you work, make, do the math, and you see she's pregnant, but it doesn't have to be necessarily that it's even hooker uber, because he holds even the Agam stage would be sufficient by the plan. So when it says, Avopi Shalom hooker uber, I'm sorry, the Avopi Shalom hooker uber, and that could be like, it could go like the Rabbi Yosef, the interpretation of Rabbi Yosef, now, that's version number one. Ikada Amri, there is an alternative version over here. Amarabo. Lom Rabbelezin Yaakov, Elevish Shachas, Debe Kivsho. In this version, everyone holds you need Shachas, but there's two types of Shachas. There's a Shachas, Debe Kivsho. Shachas, Debe Kivsho, which means that it is naturally able to grow. It means it does, it can subsist on rainwater alone. You don't have to irrigate in order to grow. So as long as it's the Shachas, the Bekivsha, it reached the age of Shachas and it can grow on its own. You don't have to do anything. So you can make a transaction. You can, you, you can do, make it, Truma will be Chal on it for later on. It's considered significant enough and you can make the, according to the Blessed Yaakov, you can see, you can, you can, uh, get Chalos of Truma. About the Shachas, the Shakyo. But if it is a shachas that does requires an outside intervention, it requires an intervention of man to irrigate, that's not considered significant enough to be able to create a halos of truma on that. But, but Agam for sure not. Is it tying to be other? Because it's... Somewhat. Somewhat. I mean, that has to be something that it's... it's a, What's the case again? What's the same thing. If a person's making truma, I want to make chalosa, I'm going to, that, that when, it, when, it, when I harvest it, it'll be chal truma. But it's less than a third of its growth. The Tanakhama says it doesn't work. According to, he said it does work, but how much has to be there? So he said, according to the first Machbura version, it's either shachas or agam. Yeah, everyone agrees it has to be shachas, but what kind of shachas? According to Rabbah, it has to be a shachas that can be grown naturally with natural rainwater. With rainwater, it doesn't have to have irrigation. But the Beishak, it requires an intervention of man that it requires that, that's not significant enough to make the chalos low. And Rabbi Yosef Amar afilu b'shachas the b'shakyo. He says as long as reached a type of stage of shachas, even if it's a shachas that requires 
madrugation, it's still enough to be able to make that stipulation and the chalos will be chal. And Kaman Azla, the Amar, Al-Hadasanyo, or I guess should say the Snan, depends what's in the Mishnah, or the Mishnah, and then who would go like what we learned in this Bryce or Mishnah, HaOmer Chavera, Imi Aldi, Ishtachon HaKev, M'Kadesh's Li, Lomar Klum, and on that, Rabbi Chanina Belo said, Lo Shana Elish, Ain Ishtam Uberes, it's only Lomar Klum, it's not like Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, but the Agam stage, nobody according to the second Lashon Olds, it would work by the, by the, the, the grain, and therefore you cannot be Makadish, the, the, the child inside the Isha, if it has not reached a level of at least, that would comparable to a Shaka stage, would be the stage of Huka Ubra. Okay, gentlemen, we'll stop over here. One at a time, one second.